0: Good morning, everyone. Morning, morning, good, good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in to Loretta McNary Live Presents. And you know, we have a fabulous show today. One that I've already told our distinguished distinguished guest that he has challenged me. He has really made me slow down long enough to really get some more knowledge in an area where I've been um, weak in. I will go ahead and admit the totality of what I'm feeling right now. I've been weak in this area, but I want to you know, remind you about the Lorentiary show. You know, we're a premier Blog Talk Radio, actually Blog Talk. So we are one of the top 300 shows out of 15,000 on the Blog Talk Radio network. So we're very happy about that because our show was created for an empowered, active, and diverse TV, radio, social media, and online listening audience. You know, we launched September 2012 to a great reception, and so we're doing good. We reached that 200. 200,000 listens already, so we're excited about all the great things that are going here, but I just want to tell you about our guest today, and you are going to want to really, really, really take some notes today, because we are going to have an amazing conversation, but yeah, it's going to be like going to business school, because we have with us John William Templeton. He is the chief economist of IBIS Partners. Mr. Kimbleton is a nationally known author, historian, and demographer. He is co-founder. This is what I was so excited about when I found the one of the many things. He is co-founder of National Black Business Month, which I didn't even know we had a month, and author of the annual State of Black Business series. Is graduating with honors in journalism from the first freshman class of the Howard University School of Communications. Templeton has won six national journalism awards, been the first black editor of a business newspaper and editor of the first black newspaper to observe a centennial. He is the author of 28 books, including Silicon Filling, Equal Opportunity and High Technology and Black Money, Advanced Strategies for Maximizing the One Trillion Blacks Received Worldwide. His websites include blackmoney.com and blackrestaurant.net. His research has documented um, low levels of contracting with black on businesses from Hurricane Katrina recovery, the Gulf spill, the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act, and the 7th Annual Report, where our stimulus, State of Black Businesses, Temple, describes how some states are actually growing their black business sectors. And that is great news. Welcome to the show, Mr. John William Templeton.
1: Oh, thank you very much. And congratulations on your success.
0: Oh, thank you. I'm very, very excited. I have a couple more announcements that I may make during our conversation. It all depends on, you know, where I am because I just know I'm going to be changed by this conversation. So I'm ready, and I want you to start where you want to start because, first of all, I want to publicly, again, thank you for um, the Year of Jubilee book that you sent me. I'm going to read and observe every word of it. Thank you so much for that. And can you just start there, the year of the jubilee? Because I think that's a great place to start.
1: Well, um, this is our 10th edition of the State of Black Business, and it's really the starting point for National Black Business Month because this is a data-driven exercise. And by that I mean that um, we have a, a blind spot, for African-American businesses. Uh, there are television shows and newspapers about the stock market and what's going on with international trade, and we can find out what's going on with uh, every different province in China, factory shuts down, or something like that. We have almost no information about African-American businesses, and that's 7% of all businesses in the Uh, United States. From the perspective of the the black community specifically, our businesses are really the foundation of our neighborhoods and our communities. And so to the extent that we ignore them, uh, we're really confining our neighborhoods to uh, decline into uh, all kinds of other problems. And what what Mm -hmm. we've come to the realization is that every significant issue that we face from from crime to uh police brutality to uh education to health, uh they all kind of go back to uh the levels and the extent to which we're succeeding in business. And 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 Fred Jordan and I, who is my co founder for National Black Business Month, we're just trying to get people to prioritize how do we reach a level of economic equity uh, in the business sector. Because if we do that, then the the two-to-one disparity in unemployment is going to disappear. The disparity in unemployment disappears, then we have uh, implications for housing, for health care, for everything else. And so out of all the challenges that we face, Uh, we've come to the conclusion if we do this one thing first, then a lot of the other problems will take care of themselves.
0: Oh, wow. So how do you determine, I have so many questions, how do you determine which one you do first? Because like you said, lack of jobs and lack of our businesses being very successful or even promoted as such, it has a, like the domino effect of social ills, you know, the the crime, the unemployment rate, you know, and then it goes into the health issues because you can't get good jobs and you can't get health care. So
1: how do you know what to do first? Well, um, part of our advantage has been we've we've analyzed this and we've analyzed it state state by state. And so our state of black business report is unique is that it has – data wherever you are, if you're in Utah, if you're in Alaska, we just got a letter uh from the governor of Alaska complimenting us on our report. Uh you know, there are only a thousand black businesses in Alaska, but but everybody everybody gets it. Uh and what we do is we have ten key factors for black business success and we evaluate every state on those ten key factors and we have a rating for each state on their affinity to black owned businesses. Then we also um uh have something called 31 Ways, 31 Days, which is something that consumers can do. And we encourage consumers to seek out a black business every day of the month of August. And 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 what we uh present in um Year of Jubilee is a, a a particular industry for people to look at uh every day of the month so they don't have to like wonder. And then we give them uh ways to actually find those businesses in that sector. This year, uh health care is such a huge issue for African Americans because uh with the Affordable Care Act, uh five to seven million African Americans are going to become health consumers for the first time because they'll be able to get health insurance and they hadn't had it before. So they're going to make a huge impact on uh, the economies of the communities that they live in. Uh, that also dovetails with the fact that out of the 2 million black businesses, 400,000 of them are in health care. So we have an opportunity to uh, boost our economies, boost our businesses uh, with with money that is going to come uh, through uh, federal and state spending, uh, but we just need to be aware of where those businesses are and the importance of it. Um, back in 2010, how black do we become data.
0: aware? Because I think that's a, a huge problem for black businesses. We just don't know all the resources. We don't, like I said when I was speaking with you before air, we don't know what we don't know.
1: Well, um, uh A guy named George Abeloff got uh, a Nobel Prize in economics uh, about 10 years ago for for a concept of uh, asymmetric information, and it kind of goes to the heart of how racism plays out right now. We saw it in the mortgage. Uh, African-American mortgage holders didn't know that uh, there were games being played with the mortgage market, so they got preyed upon. And, and we actually lost $400 billion of household net worth in the last five years because of the impact of the mortgage crisis. Also in the last five years, the uh, the, the, the the number of SBA loans to black businesses has fallen almost 80%. So uh, last year only 1,000 black businesses got SBA loans in the whole country. So... Yeah. Uh, so we don't know these, these these facts. So 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 we're out scrambling trying to uh, uh, make it, uh, and 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 things are, are are weighted so heavily against us that it becomes almost impossible uh, to succeed. And so, a lot of our focus this year has been on uh, policies because. African American businesses are getting about three hundred million dollars a year in uh, business credit. Uh, their need, uh, based on averages, is thirty billion. So we're only getting one cent on the dollar of the business credit that we need. So that's that's just an impossible situation to uh, compete. So our big proposal that we're focusing on, and we'll be talking about this during our tenth anniversary. Uh, is in San Francisco on August 17th, is for the Federal Reserve to take a uh, minimum of $3 billion per month of the quantitative easing that they've been doing. They've been buying $85 billion a month in bonds to prop up the the, the banks and, and keep uh, the economy going. And that money's just been, you know, uh, largely been been, you know, Creating speculative bubbles because it it go it goes into wall street and it doesn't come down to the communities, so Wall Street's been you know uh just having a great party f- for the last five or seven years you know with the uh, uh federal reserve uh you know uh, easy money policy, but the money isn't getting down to the communities where they need it, so part of the, what we identify in um, uh, state of Black Business Report is that everybody understands that the lack of credit is a problem. So, in about half of the states, they have created specific loan programs targeted to Black businesses or minority businesses. In, in, in Florida, they call it the Black Business Investment Fund, uh, and and and. Other states like Tennessee, they call it the Minority Business uh, Loan Fund, that sort of thing. So if the Federal Reserve can use the quantitative easing to create a secondary market for the loans that are generated by those programs that have a track record of um, pretty good success because they uh, not only make the loans but they do counseling and, 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 and sort of wrap around services around the businesses to make sure that they are able to uh, grow and thrive, then we can generate the kind of business credit that African-American businesses uh, need. And 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 once we have that credit availability, what we'll see is people who um, are qualified to go in business but have decided to take a safe, you know, job with the government or a corporation or something like that, uh, come in and, and they'll be able to create larger businesses than the ones that, that that we do now. You know, part of the the mistake that's been made in in minority business policy is they take people who never started a business, don't have any background and, and give them a six week class and say go out and start a business and then you know, then they fail, and then they say, "Well, we, see, we told you." It's like no, uh, you know, people who start businesses generally work for somebody else. They rise to management. They accumulate some personal capital and connections and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, many times they'll buy an existing business. But those those are the kinds of people who are most likely to succeed in business. And fortunately, one of the good parts. Is that we have a wave of about three million people who are really the first generation of African American business managers came came into jobs in the '70s and '80s who are you know uh, into their middle ages and and basically have everything in their favor, and that's the group of people that we should be encouraging to either go into business or to become advisors to to to, to younger. Uh, business people, and that's a real reservoir uh, that we have, but they're not going to jump into it unless there's access to credit. So if we uh, improve the credit flow to black businesses, then, um, you know, our projection is that we can create a million jobs in four years, and, and that would eliminate the disparity in unemployment.
0: Okay, let me ask – I want to ask a couple of questions based on what you were just saying, and I, I hate to even ask questions because I just want you to keep going because I'm just so um, fascinated by what we're talking about. Okay, you mentioned that when they get the loan, they get these six-week classes, and then the businesses go under. Who takes the full is – the, is the responsibility or the reasons the businesses fell, is that responsibility spread across the people who also gave the six-week classes – or are the business owners taking the full responsibility of why their businesses fail? Because if you're only giving somebody six weeks and then you just push them out the door with nothing else, then the chances are they're not going to be as successful or successful at all.
1: Well, if, if it, you know, one of the things that we've done with the state of black business is we compare how minority business programs have been run with how states do economic development. And it's completely different. So, uh, when when BMW decides they want to go into South Carolina, you know they don't have to fill out an application and get uh, certified and sit around and wait for somebody to call them. The state, you know, goes to them, asks well, what do you need, you know, what do you need in terms of training, what do you need in terms of transportation, what do you need in terms of uh, financing, that sort of thing, and the state. Puts together a package of all those things, wraps it up on a boat, and then the, the CEO comes in and they have a conference and they, and they say, okay, this is when we open. You know, many times the state pays for the construction of the factories and that sort of thing. Uh, that's 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 how uh, business development is done, not only here but around the world. And there, there's a competition to do that. So. So the way that we approach minority businesses is 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 a way that is guaranteed uh, to get the results that we've been getting. And so what 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 we've been encouraging states to do, and and this is what what our ten key factors for black business success has 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 pushed states to do, is to treat black businesses the same way you treat. Uh, other businesses. So one of the things that we we rate states higher on is is your minority business program in your economic development department. You know, Ooh. is it, is it, is it tied to 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 the governor's office? You know, does 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 the governor put his weight? We found that the number one and uh, uh, most important factor you know, for a state is whether the the, the governor is involved in it, whether the governor puts his personal prestige uh behind it. So the states that do very well, uh, they have a a, a conscious, visible presence, you know, in Maryland, you know, have the Office of Minority Affairs that is in the governor's office, where 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 the responsibility mm-hmm. of minority business is in the governor's office. Right? So uh so we rate Maryland the highest in in virginia in uh, in Texas, which are rated, you rated know, tied for a second uh Virginia has a department of minority business enterprise that's a that's a cabinet department uh Texas has a, uh, a program where they uh, do quarterly tracking of their procurement spending with minority businesses they spend you know uh a couple billion dollars. Uh, with black owned businesses to to state government, and they 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 make wow. a report on it every quarter. So so when 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 the top person sends a signal, this is a big deal. This is important. Then it flows down to everybody else, and so those. But that's the same thing that happens in the uh, larger economy. And so so it's really not anything that's very esoteric. It's like, okay, if you do the same things for black businesses that you do for other businesses, you'll get the same kind of results.
0: But is it um, feasible or is it realistic to think that all businesses, all black businesses could get that same kind of royalty treatment, I call it, or are those just businesses that are scalable?
1: Well, did uh, all businesses
0: created equal like that, or just Well scalable
1: Well, one? well it Actually, isn't they they aren't uh, our big focus that we're, we're we're looking at in our program on August seventeenth? How do we create some billion-dollar uh, black businesses? Because the reality of it is that um, the people who get listened to are billionaires. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg has a press conference, everybody and their mama comes to listen, or Warren Buffett or Got anything it. like that. Well, I mean, you know, we have very few, uh, I mean, but just just see the impact that Oprah has by herself, just because she's been able to reach uh, that stage, but uh, there, there are a handful of African-Americans at that level, um, and they're thousands of, of, of other folks. So 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 we are very focused on we've identified a group of companies we call our tech swag companies and, and we'll be actually I love using that those companies uh, to investors in San Francisco on the seventeenth because we want we've gone around the country, we've done Black Innovation Month every April and gone out and find found companies that have intellectual property or, or some good concepts and that sort of thing and try to identify which companies can grow to be global scale because the way business works is you need anchors. And this is the other mistake that we make. We we go out and, and send an individual uh, black business out to rise or fail on the own. If you look at business districts, they're usually clusters. So uh you might see all you know all the car dealers all, all the automakers in Detroit all the, you know uh, uh mm-hmm. all the technology companies in Silicon Valley so and the reason that happens is that there there there's a whole community of things that are needed for an industry so similar industries tend to you know locate next to each other so we have to have uh, companies that are big enough to be a magnet for clusters and and, and the area that we think is is is, is prime for African Americans and we'll be focusing on on the seventeenth is healthcare. Uh we've got a company called uh, um Ramsell in Oakland, California that started as a pharmacy back in nineteen sixty two and then they got into process um AIDS prescription. Uh drugs back in the early 80s. Now they process uh, 40% of all the AIDS prescriptions in the country. They're operating in 16 states. With the Affordable Care Act, there's just a whole number of business opportunities that are created. Uh, there's a company in Atlanta called BCA, uh, Business Computer Applications. It was founded 37 years ago. and They they were one of the first to design uh, digital health records. So they're in a great position to grow and expand. And then when you look at the uh, uh, the mainstream market, uh, healthcare, you have the, the CEO of Kaiser is African-American, CEO of Merck is African-American, uh, uh, CEO of Dignity Health is African-American. So you have a synergy between uh, the fact that the largest number of black businesses are in healthcare and the fact that one of the few sectors where we've had uh, some inclusion uh, at the executive level is health care. And, you know, the, uh, the the market is regulated by the federal government, which, you know, has uh, uh, the ability to encourage uh, inclusion. So uh, health care is the area where we could not only grow um to be uh, large scale but it also creates a lot of jobs i mean uh health it is going to create uh thousands of jobs and these are jobs that are basically needed everywhere because every every hospital needs people entering data and, and doing that so, mm-hmm. so there's an opportunity to create you know fairly large uh healthcare uh businesses in every community in the country and and every community the country needs those kind of businesses. So if African Americans don't go into those kind of businesses, somebody else is going to come in and 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 actually take those dollars uh away. So so we're really keenly focused on uh healthcare. We're also looking at uh, renewable energy. We've got a lot of folks who have some patents uh in some of those fields. But we're looking at the, the industries where people can not only uh uh, reach a global market, but also create a lot of jobs. Right.
0: Mm, I love that. But I'm also curious, because you talk a lot about, you said, the, about technology. How do we fare when it comes to technology as a community of people? Are we in the game?
1: Actually, we are, Um uh as as i mentioned earlier african americans generally have been making the the, the the choice uh that government uh work is is, is has been uh a, a safer road for them so in the federal government 20% of all the uh uh technology workers in the federal government are african american uh when we did our 50 most important african americans in technology uh earlier this year Uh, There there are almost two dozen African-Americans who are either chief information officer or deputy chief information officer at federal agencies, and many of them graduated from historically black colleges and universities. Uh, So so we actually have a a big lever. Now, those figures aren't replicated in private industry. Uh, In uh, Silicon Valley, uh, uh, less than 2% of the workers are African American. So one of the reasons that we're come you know doing our event out here, uh in the middle of the area, you know, we'll be going over to the Twitter building and that sort of thing, is to remind the people who are uh putting money into the startups and that sort of thing. It's like, hey, guess what? Your customer, you know, at, at NASA or, or Department of Defense is usually going to be somebody black who graduated from Howard University in North Carolina A&T. So you better start doing business with some black owned firms or um, they're going to find somebody else who will. And uh, so so it's a matter of using the data to uh, maximize the advantages that we have. There's 600,000 African Americans who work in technology, 31,000 black technology firms. But once again, they haven't been getting the capital, and and we have a, a, a tradition of innovation and software and in hardware. Um, the you know we did a documentary uh, for a television network on uh, Jerry Lawson, who's the African American who invented the first video game. You know nobody mm-hmm. nobody knew about it. Uh Yeah, uh-uh. Lloyd you know, Clay, uh, who. We did first fault tolerant the computer as a company that does uh electronic test equipment for the last thirty five years. So uh so the talent is there. So it's just a matter of matching the capital. This is an area where we think that there can be a lot of growth, but we think healthcare is the area where we can have the most immediate impact.
0: Okay. Okay, I, I like that. I really, really like that. I wanna talk now about your innovation your impact, innovation, ending inequity. Can you talk about the whole business of the National Black Business Month and your catapulting innovation showcase?
1: Uh, sure. Um, like I said, it's been data-driven, and 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 getting the information basically gives us the ability to influence uh, policy. So, uh, the 10th anniversary event we're doing. Um, on Saturday, August 17th in San Francisco, is geared to attract the uh, uh, policy makers and finance, financiers to uh, support our um, uh, goal to get the Federal Reserve to put money into uh, black business capital. So we wanna make the case for that. We also want to present about 20 or so companies that we think are going to grow to be uh, billion dollar uh, companies. And we want to just uh, um, give economic development professionals the opportunity to really learn what the uh, the best practices are for growing uh, black-owned businesses. And, you know, w- without that kind of uh, thorough grounding in the best practices, you know, we're just not going to get the uh, results. And so a lot of money is being wasted around the country because people – do things that that look like they're doing something, but they're not really effective uh, and and we we realize that there's enough money available to create the jobs and to make communities look the way that we want them to look, uh, but it's just not being spent correctly and and so we want to reallocate the capital and make sure that people who are, are making the decisions actually understand what black businesses are when I mean, first. You know, first of all, most of them don't even, don't even talk about it. Wall Street Journal's doing a CEO forum um this week. Yeah, I think there's two black people uh invited. Yeah. So 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 they're not even talking about it. I mean it's just you know it is not even a concern. Uh you know, I went to uh uh a, a summit that Harvard had back in May, uh, on impact investing and folks like Larry Summers and, and folks who were there and it was really about uh you know, just kinda opening their eyes. It's like, you know, uh, we have talent. We have uh I mean the reason our communities uh are in the economic condition we are is not because African Americans are not interested in business, not because we don't have talent, it's because we don't have the capital uh coming into our community. So uh and and that was that was just the how you know, they just never heard. Uh, that before because they've been stepped on their stereotypes and we've also been talking with some of the economists at the, at the Hoover Institution in Stanford. So I've been joking with folks. Uh, I talked to liberals at Harvard and talked to conservatives at Stanford. But neither one of them knew about black businesses. So, uh, but these are people who make mm-hmm. laws, and and so right. so, so have so, we not so done the, a great so job at are, you know
0: getting lobbyists or you know connecting to policymakers? Have we not done a great job? Is I mean, why aren't we doing a better job at that, or are we doing a a good job, and it's just not noticeable or being heard?
1: Well, it all starts with the state of black business report, because we didn't have the data. Um, When Fred Jordan came to me in 2004, he was chair of the National Black Chamber of Commerce, and he said, yeah, I go out and talk for black business. I don't have any information. I don't have any data. No, I don't know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So he said, you know, go go do the state of black business. What I said why well, it can't be done. I mean there's you know, nobody's collecting the information, and all that sort of thing. He said, mm-hmm. Go do it, right? So uh so it really was a challenge for me to uh create something that, that, that didn't exist and, and to uh be able to uh find information in all 50 states about African American businesses and, and and so we were able to rise to the challenge and to be able to create something and what we have seen is that uh, policymakers have been responding to the data because uh, the psychology of it is that nobody wants to be first so when you see that Texas is doing something and Florida is doing something and Mississippi has a minority, alone programs. then, you know, if you're in Oregon, you say, well, if Mississippi can do it, then we can do it. And so uh, that's where the, uh, the, the, the you know, the information flow comes in because somebody somewhere is addressing all these problems. Uh, so we just need to find out, you know, who's doing it, and well, then spread it around the I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, so, so, so to answer your question, the, the best thing that people can do is to get get our report and make sure that uh, you're able to, to 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 coherently talk to the policymakers in your area. And we've we've actually uh, sent a letter to every governor uh, and told them, you know, uh, what their rating is, you know, what they can do better and that sort of thing. And, and like I said, we've been. Uh, pleasantly surprised by the fact that people who you would never even thought would think about black businesses, you know, they appreciate our approach to it. It's like when when it's Mm -hmm. data-driven, people can respond to data as opposed to, you know, charges and allegations and all that sort of thing. (laughs) I mean, it's like, okay. It's it's about the numbers. It's like, okay. Absolutely. You know, you got uh, you got uh, you're spending money to put people in prison uh, but if you increase uh, uh, the number of black businesses that were in construction, your prison population is going to drop because those people will be, you know, building buildings instead of, you know, knocking people in the head. So, you know, and, and so everybody responds to those kinds of numbers. But, but we haven't, we haven't had those numbers to present uh, before. And, and and now that we have, it's like, you know, we're we're, we're seeing movement.
0: So, is there a huge disparity because you know, we hear a lot about the spending power of the black community, the African American community. We have like spending power that's crazy. It it stacks up to people, you know, in other countries that we're we have this much spending power. However, there's such a disparity to me when it comes to black businesses being supported. If we have the money, but then we have the state of black businesses at a low or at least in our mind, based on what we've been hearing, is at a low. But I know you have some information to tell us something different, and we got to get to that too. So, how do we connect those dots?
1: Well, uh, thirty-one ways, thirty-one uh, uh, days is <laughs> is our uh, strategy to to put it in terms that people can can easily understand. it, you know, a, away from just kind of big. Uh, you know, you ought to support black businesses. Like, no, uh, on uh, um, on on this day, go find a black dentist. You know, on this day, go find mm-hmm. a, a mm-hmm. black restaurant. And so, so two years ago, you know, rather than telling people, "Oh, you ought to go find a black restaurant," we did a book uh, called "Say Grace and uh, You Know and, uh, um, um, and and Wipe Your Hands." That was a list of all the black restaurants in the country. So, yeah. so you know, you could tell people that all the time, but unless you provided a tool that told them where they were, <laughs> they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't do anything. <laughs> with it. And so, so every year we we you know we figure out okay, well, what 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 aspect of that can we address, and uh, and 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 we try to. Uh, give people the tools so that they can do it rather than just kind of talking about it in abstract. It's like, okay, uh, black restaurants, you know, how a lot of people generate, uh, but they don't have resources for marketing. So uh, if we do this book that lists where all the black restaurants are, it not only helps um, the consumers, but it also helps people like uh, restaurant critics. So one no. of the things that's happened since we've done the book is you've you'll, you've been seeing a lot more black chefs on television. Somebody like uh, Tanya Holland in in Oakland, she's on Today Show practically every week, you know. And and you know just because they found the food and 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 love it. I mean, we had I was at uh, a, a, a cookie bakery in San Francisco. Uh, yesterday, and, and one of the larger restaurants uh, uh, across town is is uh, buying their cookies and using it for dessert just because they were able to find out about them. So there's a lot of talent in our communities, and and unless you're able to give it visibility, uh, then what happens is people come in and steal their ideas. And 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 put it on their menus, and so we want to make sure that it's known who who's, who's doing these innovations, and and make sure that uh, people can participate. But that also goes back to our larger issue of of having large black companies. Uh, we we've realized after 10 years of of trying to push consumers to go to 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 businesses is that you know demand gets driven by marketing. So you gotta have a marketing budget to get people to go in the doors, which means you gotta have companies that are large enough to do that. So that's another reason why we need uh chains like Golden Crust out of New York, uh, City, uh Lord Hawthorne started and he called himself the patty man, uh he's gone from one uh Caribbean bakery to hundred and twenty in nine states. And so he's mm. able to do kind of marketing, uh it, you know, in any uh, area that he goes in, he just did a book called "The uh, Baker's Son." Uh, so we, you know, in order to really change that dynamic, we need large national black businesses that are doing nationwide marketing campaigns. That because you know, because cause consumers aren't going to do that on their own. There's too many there's too many other people advertising to them. To get their dollars before they, you know, voluntarily walk to a, a individual place, you got to have businesses okay. that are large enough to to really reach those markets, and that that's another reason why we're focused on creating large black businesses as opposed to, you know, just kind of generally saying, oh, okay, let's you know, let's you know, create another million mom and pop stores. It's like no. If we Ooh,
0: that if, is a, I'm if so glad we, you said that we, we but get we more have a from I having mean... 20,
1: 25 companies that are <laughs> national scale, then we'll find that the smaller businesses grow in the, in in their in their wake.
0: Right. That That's a critical point, and I want us to spend some time there. I'm going to – we have some callers. I don't know if they're just listening via their phone or they have some questions, so I'm going to take one, and then I want us to go back to what you just said about creating large businesses, and then I'll share – because I don't understand why people don't want their businesses to be large. They want the mom and pop. But we'll talk about that. I'm going to go to the phone lines now. I'm going to area code five seven four five nine six. You are on the air with Loretta McNary and Mr. John Templeton. Hi there. Did you have a question or a comment, or are you just listening? Oh, um, Loretta? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you know, I was just listening, and I was going to wait until he finished talking about the the uh, mom-and-pop stores and that one to enlarge. Uh, and you know where I am in my business and everything. So right now I'm just all ears, and I'm very thankful for this. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, who am I speaking with? This is Latanya. Oh yeah, I'm so glad Latonya. you're on the line. Okay, team. what I'll do is yes. we'll we'll have that conversation part now, and then I'll bring you back in to give so you can um chime in with us. Thank How you. How about that? Okay, great. Okay, Mr. Templeton. Yeah, because I think that's critical because that's the mindset that I've, because I work a lot with our Mid-South Minority Business Consortium here, and the mindset is that they want to be small. They don't want to be more than a mom-and-pop, more than a corner grocery store, more than, you know, just one hair salon. They just want to stay there as opposed to, you know, becoming a large, scalable business. Can you tell us? Why do you think that mentality exists and what we can do
1: to, to to get rid of it? Well, I mean, it's the access to credit, uh, but it's also um, who's creating businesses. You know, we have we have people creating businesses who are artisans who, who basically just want to work for themselves and, 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 and may not be able to, you know, uh, work for other peoples, and so, and, and 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 there's a, I mean, that's going to be the largest number of businesses. I mean, most, yeah, ninety nine percent of businesses are very small businesses. So, so, so there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. But yeah. uh, if if you don't have somebody who has a factory down the street from your barbershop, the barbershop ain't going ain't going to thrive. So, 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 <laughs> so in order to uh, make the barbershop shop work. You gotta have somebody who's actually uh, creating jobs, but but the other piece of it is that, that every business should see themselves as a brand as opposed to a location. So um, so 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 in our first uh, Black Business Month, we did an exhibit in San Francisco on the sixty black owned restaurants in San Francisco. Blew everybody away. Nobody knew that there were sixty black restaurants in San Francisco. I mean we we actually had we had we actually had to take one of our city council people in a van and personally had to take her to all sixty of them because she didn't believe it. Wow. Right? So so uh uh but one of those uh restaurants started that year and 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 they became uh, one of the food and wine top ten restaurants in the country, and yeah. so every every year since then they've been uh profitable through the recession, all that sort of thing. Tourists come from all over the world. It's called Farmer Brown, and what they did was a tribute to black agriculture, so they did you know they you know just made it look like it was nineteen ten and you know rustic stuff around and all that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> And 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 people who you would think have, would have no interest in soul food gotta come there, mm-hmm. and so they've been able to take that brand and open a couple more restaurants around the city, and so 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 when you create a brand, then you create an opportunity for new products. Last year we did uh, the fifty top names in black food to start, uh, black business muffin. So uh, so we tied it in with with. Sylvia Woods' uh, 50th anniversary. Uh, she actually died a couple weeks before that, so we kind of combined okay. funeral and, and, and a bunch of other things. Marcus Samuelson was there. And, but but in Harlem, what you have is some great examples of the restaurants uh, understanding that they're breads. So Red Rooster, you know, Marcus Samuelson's restaurant, you know, it's a bread, you know. Uh, you know, Sylvia's is in you know they they with one little restaurant now they they have uh uh canned goods and grocery stores all over the country so there's no reason wow. what uh glory foods uh you know people are familiar with glory foods glory foods started with one restaurant in Columbus Ohio so 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 if you if you go to the trouble of creating something that is good enough that people will come and spend money on it then you want to do it to industrial scale, because if people will come and spend spend money on it in your town, they'll do it everywhere else. And so, so what wow. i to teach people to do is when when you create that business, create it as a brand, because now we have uh, online. So the Neelys, uh, the Neelys Barbecue in, in 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 Memphis. Right? What? You can buy all their products online. So, you know, they got you know, I guess you have three restaurants in Tennessee, uh, but you can buy you know, the brisket and the links and all that sort of thing because they created bread. Another good example, the um Ben's Chili Bowl in Washington D C. Uh, they've been there for fifty years. Uh, you can buy the half smokes online. You can buy them at the uh, Redskins Stadium. You can buy them at the Washington National <laughs> Stadium. It's a brand, and when people come to Washington D.C., they line up all around the block, you know, just because of the perfect brand. I've
0: they're heard pre- that. Yes, sort of yeah. so
1: they You all know what?
0: You are speaking my language, language now. Restaurants. Campus. Yeah. But
1: they created brands. And 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 brand. like
0: Sweetie Pies, you know. Sweetie Pies yeah. was just yeah. a – she became a brand, and then people heard about her, and now she's on OWN Network. So that's – and I want to bring Latanya in now because she is creating a brand, and I, I told her she already has one. She has the – she's already experienced some successes, but I want to bring her on because she probably has some questions for you. But while we're bringing her on, I just – what I've – I read the first page of your book, The Year of Jubilee – And 2013 is, and this is, I'm reading from their introduction page, 2013 is a year which resonates with the great milestones of human freedom. It is the 150th anniversary of the Emancipation Proclamation, the 100th anniversary of the first Reference to jazz music and the 50th anniversary of the San Francisco Freedom Movement and the March on Washington. So I love how that book started because I have forgotten that I've learned it in history or my mom's history lesson that she talks about African American Black history and that is I love that that is huge for me. So I want to bring Latanya on so she can and I'm sure she has some questions or comments to make now that we've had that conversation. Welcome here, Latanya. Hi, are you ready for your comment? One time, yeah, are you there? Uh Okay, maybe she (laughs) stepped away from her phone, but she's still on, so I'll just leave her available. Okay, I'm here, um, Loretta. Okay, okay, there you go. Hello? Uh Okay, uh, hi. Um, Yeah, um, I've been listening, and then you know where I am right now is the branding, and um, I was a little skeptical, skeptical of that part because um, I was afraid of what I was going to have to encounter as far as the financing and and uh, you know realizing as far as marketing, I do need to brand, and it's going it is going to cost, but I do realize that is what I needed uh, to get out of you know a, a small city or to get out of the the regular mindset of the mom-and-pop store. So that was just really confirmation for me that, you know, I I am going in the right direction for this and, you know, kind of getting past my fear and everything and creating the brand and everything. You know, you think of the Neelys and, and like you were saying, Sylvia's and Sweetie Pies, and we just think they just got out there. But they absolutely did have to brand themselves in order for their business to you know, be ro- uh, relocated to other cities and states and countries, and you know, to be nat- nationally known like they are now. So, right, well, now- and like I'd you like said, like marketing drives thing. that. Marketing drives that. So, you're going to have to have a marketing budget. Let him kind of. You didn't tell him what you do. Is so here's one thing I had to tell you. You got to almost be talk about the King's brand that you have. Right. Um, I. Um, I can't say I invented, but I took a um, recipe, um, uh, a family recipe of a cream cheese pound cake, and I had it formulated into a quick mix. But what I did with the mix, I just worked on it so to where, you know, once, uh, because I know how um, the pound cakes, how it's known um, greatly in the African, you know, American communities and homes and churches and everything, and everybody used to come over to the you know, um, buy her cakes, or you know, basically she would just bake them and give them away. So um, I wanted everybody to have that same experience without all the the work, And but it actually tastes like a cream cheese pound cake uh, from scratch. And not just saying that because I made it, but I made sure that I I worked on that um, product, so and other products to get that uh, uh, that fact, that you feel, that taste, and everything that a person would just assume. You know, a grandmother, uh, uh, you know, old person in the church, you know, uh, would make that you only go to for those kind of recipes. So I kind of made it to where you could bring it to your home. It doesn't matter if you're a good cook or not a cook at all, but, um, just wanted something that everybody would be able to experience on their level without the, the hard work, you know, involved in
1: it. Yeah, Amy, Amy Hilliard has done something similar with comfort cakes, uh, making pound cakes out of uh, Chicago. So, so like I yeah. said, I mean there 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 are several examples of people who succeeded uh, uh, with that. So uh, it's just a matter, and, and part of what you know, one of the one of the things, one of the reasons why businesses need our State of Black Business Report is that black businesses generally don't have the data that they need for business plans. And so, what our state of black business report does is give you some operating ratios, gives you a history of what other people have done around the country, so you can actually make, you know, so you can actually know what's going to work, and so that everybody's not wasting their time with trial and error. So, I mean, like I said, Philvies has done it, uh, um, uh, Amy Hilliard has done it, uh, you know, Baldwin Baldwin Richardson has done it. So, so, so there are enough people who have done this. In advance, so so you
0: don't have to start from scratch, right? And I have followed um um the comfort cake um I followed her for years, and um and then what what I have just recently started doing is using a um a PR company within my budget, like you uh, stated um, earlier, to brand and market my king preferred um, name.
1: And one of the reasons we set up uh, National Black Business Month the way as it, it is is a platform for people to to really establish those brands because what, what happens around the country is we send out uh, information to all the, the business editors around the country. And what, what happens is they then take our data and our report and then they, they go look for businesses in their community that they can do features on. And everything, and so so, mm-hmm. so the whole idea of National Black Business Month is to give people that opportunity to to get the visibility, and through 31 days, 31 ways, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have a lot of people who 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 will actually go visit a black restaurant every day of the month, and so whole idea of that is create uh, a habit of people visiting those places, so that you 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 get that pattern of repeat business. So so mm-hmm. it's actually Designed to actually give companies that leg up to to create the brands and to create uh, the kind of dedicated customers that you need. Oh, great! And one thing you get a copy of the book, oh, uh, you can go to uh, blackmoney dot com and uh, just uh, follow the prompts, or uh, if you have any uh, questions, just send me an email, and, and we'll make sure you can uh, uh, order it. Thank you. But sure uh, we'll for, 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 you know, f- basically the information in the book, you'd probably have to pay somebody $25,000 to generate it for you. Uh,
0: say that again, please. I'm sorry.
1: The information in the book, you probably have to pay somebody $25,000 to generate it for you.
0: Um, and I know I would. I know, I know because the money I spent so far. I mean, I, it's it's been a lot on trial and error. Yeah,
1: yeah, so, and, and, uh-huh. and, and 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 the advantage of, of us doing one book that everybody can use around, the uh-huh. country, whether you're in technology or restaurants, yes. is everybody gets a level playing field where they can can uh-huh. really understand, you know, what it takes to succeed. Yes. Yes.
0: Well, I appreciate that, and I will go online to com to order my book. I am excited.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you, Lorena. Good. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to put you back on hold so you can continue to listen. Uh, we only have about five minutes left in the show. So, okay, Mr. Templeton, we have covered a lot of ground. I wanna I want to ask you to let people know how they can find you for more information and how to purchase your book and follow everything that you're
1: doing. Well, uh, like I said, blackmoney.com is a good place to start. Uh, one of the other things that we do in in, in my actual, uh, you know, I'm a textbook publisher uh, by am a main line of business, and uh, we're, we're we're launching nationally a uh, educational television network called a Union, and we're trying to uh, get it uh, in as many school districts as possible because the objective of it is to Close the achievement gap and to give African American kids the kind of uh, knowledge that they need to compete. Because one of the problems that Black businesses uh, have is they can't find trained workers because you know many of the people they should be hiring are sitting in juvenile hall and jails and things. And that's a direct result of, of the failures of the school districts. So, uh, so we've created uh, a Reunion Education Arts Heritage. And we want to encourage uh, parents uh, to get involved in making sure that that's available to uh, their kids. uh would be four hours a day of uh, video uh, instruction. Uh, for instance, you know, only, only 0.6% of black students in the country take calculus. And yeah. so... Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, that's just unacceptable. So, but we don't have people with, with the cultural competency to teach math to our kids, and so those are some of the areas that we're able to, um, you know, give some good content that uh, is compelling to our kids and, and really gets them uh, uh, in the right mindset to uh, take charge of their own futures.
0: Well, I really want to encourage everybody to really go to Black Money. Uh, his website, and to get this book, because I'm telling you, it will change you. I am so changed. I am more excited about possibilities. And really, I love the end on the first page that you wrote about our capabilities. So I kind of wanted to end the show on a really optimistic note. And you said, we just need to believe in our own capacity. Year of Jubilee lets us know what that capacity is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, So we, knowing we, all we, that you know and all the numbers and all that, before, so, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, so you still are optimistic about the state of black businesses, knowing, because you probably know more than most people on the planet about black businesses, but yet you're
1: optimistic about it? Absolutely, I mean, we, we essentially we've been in a war and we we haven't even picked up the gun yet, you know. So so, so mm-hmm. when we real, we realize we we're at a war, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll do fine. I mean, just think about 1936 and no blacks had competed in the Olympics, and what we yeah, every field that we've been able to uh, enter, and and all all of the examples that you'll find in uh, state of black business, you know, we have the examples of the face of black business. These are people who are doing quite well, and and it's just a matter of of us understanding, you know what our capabilities are and 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 what these strategies are to uh, to succeed.
0: Oh, that is so awesome! I'm so glad you came on. Please tell me you will be our guest again because there's so much ground to cover, and I want to have that conversation again here on Loretta McNary Live. If you will please say yes to that.
1: Oh, absolutely. And hopefully hopefully we can do it again during uh, August so we can uh, cover some more uh, topics.
0: Definitely. We will definitely be in touch with you to get on your schedule for that. Thank you so much for your time and your knowledge. And thank you all so much for listening to Loretta McNary Live. As always, think positive, dream big dreams, help someone along the way, and we'll talk to you the very next time on Loretta McNary Live. Thank you so much.